Welcome everybody to Veil of Sound. Uh, we are kicking off the year with an interview with one of my favorite all-time heroes, and I know he is too humble to admit, but also one of the most influential people in hardcore over the last 20-some years. Jacob Bannon, thanks for being with us. Thank you. I don't know if I would be all of those things, but I appreciate the fact that you connect with any of them, you know, so um, oh, that's awesome. As I said, too humble. Um, let's start, first of all, with saying that we are not going to talk too much about the music, but about Jacob being an artist and okay. about everything related to art or not everything, but a lot of things related to art. So let's kick off with an easy question and probably okay. the worst of all. Jacob, your all-time favorite record cover. All-time favorite record cover that I that I never made, right? Just in general in yeah. life. Oh, I've always. Oh, this is a tough one. All-time favorite. I usually go back to Led Zeppelin "Houses of the Holy." Ooh. Um, okay. Because well, it it evokes a lot. For me, it's a it's a very powerful cover. I I enjoy the fact that it is a snippet of a larger piece of art, uh, which is which is featured in the packaging in the original gatefold when it opens up, and sort of it sort of has these sort of multi layers of you know getting getting into getting into the the form sort of ascending the um yeah. uh, you know ascending the mountaintop. Yeah. Um, the colors were always really interesting to me as well because they were very um it's, it's very bright and not in a way that was typical for the time it just sort of it stands alone and it stands alone amongst all led zeppelin records too definitely um and musically it's very it's very different too because typically if you look at a i know if you look at an album like that i know when i see a cover like that i tend to think that i'm going to be listening to something that is going to be fully epic the entire time you know like in my mind it's going to be 12 minute songs you know giant movements and it's not it's a very varied album and it has a lot of different voicings in it just like all led zeppelin records do but somehow the cover still resonates and connects with it a lot so for me that's that's one of them where it really gets to me but any sort of you know iconic kind of cover we'll we'll do that um i guess it's in some ways it's almost like an anti-icon in the sense that there isn't sort of like this one um one image that's sort of striking that's hitting you it's just you know it's just this longer sort of elaborate piece and i just i don't know it's it's always been a really powerful one to me and um i still yeah i still go back to that um to that cover in terms of um you know thinking that's one of the strongest ever very interesting choice it's also interesting that you choose something that is not like let's say the last 20 25 30 years but you chose something that is much older um sure. so maybe that connects in a way to my next question because uh when did you become interested in art as something more than just a hobby of a leisure time activity well um when i was when i was young um my father when, before i was born my father was an artist and and did various forms of fine art 
small paintings, big paintings, but nothing that was really presented to me in a way where like, um, where like I, where he was like, hey, look, this is my work or anything like that. It wasn't really something that was discussed or anything. Um, I remember finding a few, and, and by finding, meaning just sort of like, finally like acknowledging that there was a few paintings um, that were sort of tucked away in my basement growing up because my, my parents were divorced and so they didn't have a relationship anymore. But there was a there was a few paintings that were sort of tucked in a corner in the darker portion of the basement. And I realized eventually that those were his. And I thought that that was, um, that was interesting that he made those because he never really talked about them with me or anything like that. But I knew he was an artist at some point and he worked in the arts. He was working in in graphic design, but more as a um, more of as a, a representative of a of a small company that had one main designer. So he was going to uh, to press checks and to you know going to printing houses and going to meetings with clients and things like that as the representative for 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 the designer that he works for or that they had a company for. So I knew he had a background in those arts, and so that kind of interested me that you could have. Um, this sort of, you could have this this fine art background, and it didn't necessarily have to um, continue into being the defining thing for you, but you could still work within uh, visuals in some way. And that started opening my mind to the concepts of graphic design and what they were, and how essentially everything in this world is designed in some way, in some form. That's right. Because everybody and, thinks it's just like, Everybody thinks of design as just like an artwork, but everything needs to be designed. Everything, e every... even the cup of yogurt that you're buying has been designed. The cup of yogurt, this this yellow pad yeah. with nothing on yes. it. So, you know, the, it, the the spacing of this, the exactly the, the color, the everything yeah. has been. That, those are all choices. Yeah. Exactly. These are all choices that have been made. Um, so that bigger concept of things that that were that were decided upon not by myself but almost you know researched and sort of um brainstormed by other creative people started making my gears turn and so when i would start looking at everything from like um like in the 80s like a look at magazines and comic books and ads and then record covers and then later you know bicycles and bicycle covers and then skateboards and then um you know, the apparel that went along with these things and this sort of all these visual ideas that all sort of interconnected with one another, I found that to be really fascinating. And I really enjoyed that. So my initial trajectory as as a as a somebody coming out of, you know, like middle school into high school to get into going go to art school. You know, initially I just went in and it's like, I, I think I just want to be a fine artist. I don't know, but I'm interested in all of these things. And then once I got there, I was like, okay, then I'm going to go for design. I really want to be a design major because to me, it didn't mean I was abandoning the idea of painting or making, making art in some way, but it was, um, it was basically enhancing that where I was going to start making art with a, what I would call, I would say art with a brain. You know, there was a, there was a purpose. There was a sort of, there was a, there was a functional problem that I needed to solve. 
So whether that problem being like, you know, somebody gives you a, a bunch of songs and lyrics and a basic idea and you have to turn it into a um, you have to turn it into a cohesive presentation those sort of challenges start to really interest me uh, especially uh, when I when I got into art school um, and, but even before then you know like doing like early converge records and then like even helping um, helping friends with design projects and things um, yeah, like the, the, those ideas were always fascinating to me. And so I've kind of stayed on that, that path. That's, that's why I don't like, I don't really consider myself just like a, just a fine artist because it really, in, in my everyday, I do visual work every day, but I'm primarily doing, um, I'm primarily doing design work, you know, mixed with, mixed with artwork. So it's, um, it's a, it's like a, it's like a fuzzy line. Um, but I'm okay with that. Just, it just is what it is. You know, some days I'm doing all information design, doing really sort of, you know, not simple tasks, but a lot of repetitive tasks, you know, building design systems and things for, for records and for record labels and bands and whatnot. And other times, you know, I just need to make a specific large piece of art for, for a project or whatever, but it's all related and it's all sort of interconnected in some way. Is it also always connected more or less to music? Well, not necessarily by design, just by chance. Mm -hmm. uh, I happen to, you know, I, I started in art school, um, just, you know, learning basics. But at, at that time I was, you know, pretty immersed in the music world already, you know, cause I started the band quite young and I started my, my interaction with other peers quite young. And so we were all in need of, of visuals and figuring things out. And, you know, like, that's why, like, in many ways I consider like when I make art, that's not, um, that's not just basic design work or basic photography and stuff like that. When I actually make physical art, even like, um, I, can, I probably, I, I have one drawing for a customer here, but like I'm working on a, I'm working on a Godzilla for a customer right here. Okay. So, um, um, so to me, that is a, that is a that's a what i would consider like a mixed media piece where like i looked at like a six thousand references like i have like a thousand references in front of me for example of like a of a xenomorph that i did a few a few years back um all these pieces that i made to get to that point right there on the other side of that camera um and then i i take all of them and i i basically build my build my own version i construct my own version of all the qualities that i like um that i find to be powerful in something and i do it almost like um i'll call it like it's essentially collage style you know it's like mixed media style like a ton of a ton of references a ton of just like cutting and pasting and stuff mixing like gouaches and spray paints and um just trying to make something that feels like I'm, I'm always kind of, there's always this sort of like underlying like energy to things that I try to make. There's always like a kinetic energy to them, whether they be vibrant or not. I kind of like that idea of something being sort of explosive and feeling like it is an explosion of color. And it's like a snapshot of that specific monument in time or something like that. Um, 
so that's the way I, I've sort of developed working. Um, and it's basically just like a, a more complex version of, of making flyer art. You know, if you look at early punk records, it's the same thing, you know, like I've never tried to in reinvent the wheel or anything like that. It's just like, it's just my voicing of, of that. You know, I've always like, I, w- I would look at like, you know, like, I don't know, look at like early Napalm death records or like any early punk record and they're awesome, like cut and paste jobs. Even like early carcass records are these really cool you know, collage pieces. They're, they're so crazy. And I was just like, I love these ideas. I just want to do them with different subject matter and sort of have a different narrative that isn't necessarily blood, death, gore, uh, full on destruction all the time. And it's not to say I don't do that thing, those things if a client asks or whatnot, but like, um, but for me, that's typically, I don't, I typically don't go down that road all that much, but so that's kind of the way I've, I've worked for most things. Um, sometimes when I do client work, things are, and by client work, I mean, like if a band comes to me or a record label comes to me with a project, um, and they'll, they'll say like, Hey, we want, you know, thing, we want this kind of skull or this kind of whatever. And if it's something I want to do, I'll, I'll do it. But sometimes the direction and the approach and sort of like color palette and like overall feel is actually more dictated by their artistic direction. And I'm essentially, um, I'm flexible like that. Yeah, I'll build what they need. Um, A band like As I Lay Dying is actually a good example of that. Um, Like I did one of their first records and we kind of created a, a visual character for that band when they were first starting. And so then all the records that I worked on after that all had that same feel because we established that as the basic visual character of the band and they wanted to have a sort of continuance throughout their stuff. It's not necessarily the style I probably would have sat and done myself all the time, but I'm a flexible artist because I come from a design background. And so I don't have to have everything look exactly the same all the time. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of design stuff that's out there that people probably aren't aware that I even did, which is great. I love that, you know, um, because I get like, people typically think that I'm, I'm working on these, like either like super colorful or super stark, like high contrast, like cut and paste things. But like, that's only like, you know, that's probably like a fraction of what I do, you know, probably 15%, maybe less. When you have just mentioned as I lay dying as a reference to how you established a kind of, I don't want to say iconography, but like a, a certain yeah. style of things on their sure. artwork. Uh, you yourself have produced some, um, for Converge, have produced at least minimum one of the most iconic artworks of all time. And you know what I'm talking about, Jane Doe. And yeah. in the last few weeks, there has been some kind of controversy around it because of that um, picture that I guess everybody saw. Uh, yeah, but not, but not to, not to me, because that's the way I've always worked, you know, that's like, exactly what I wanted to come to. Do you think yeah. that people still have a difference with seeing, um, the design as a whole? What, what's it, So what, what's the question like about, it, I think like a lot of people see that Jane head. Yeah, sure. And everybody thinks, okay, that is the Jane Doe cover, which it actually is not because the cover no. is much more than. No, the, the cover, the cover is actually probably um, a blocked out, like a, 
a, like a, a spray paint shoulder form of black that probably is like 60 or 60 or 70 percent of that cover exactly. and the, you know and the converged symbol that was introduced in like 1996 behind as a halo similarly to exactly. religious iconography that was sort of the intent yeah. was trying to build like these like ghostly figures and stuff at all this collage work but it's interesting the way we all take in even even now our relationships with with album covers are entirely different in 2021 than they were in 2000 because back then it was part of a of a much larger sort of sampling of 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 work so like that like that record for example has like you know, like I think almost 30, 30 pages, like of, of, you know, like contrasting artwork and all these like wild experiments with typography, just obliterating, you know, human forms and things like that. And that stuff isn't, it, it's not, it, it's no longer sort of, it's, it's just no, no longer interacted with because people don't, don't have access to that anymore with the way people take in digital music. Yeah. You know, so digital music, you just have this, like, you have a stamp of whatever album cover it is. Like, you're wearing a Youth of Today shirt, so people will see, like, break down the walls, and that's the cover. They don't they don't open the whole thing and, you know, and, and get the lyrical content or, like, the, yeah, exactly. the cascading live shots. And so, like, it changes the sort of, like, power and intent um, of something, especially after, you know, like, 20 years or so. It's also changed the way I make art as well. Like I no longer, like I like designing, designing and making art for elaborate packages. But I also need to understand that as a designer, a majority of the people just aren't interacting with a record like that anymore. Yeah. You know, they just click, right? Well, it's it's just different, and it's it's not necessarily better or worse, but it's just like it changes it changes like the importance and the focus of what a record is. You know, and so like, thing like for a very long time, and still the way I like to make make converge records, especially, was typically like that, where like I like to have these like larger sort of visual ideas that sort of have you know secondary imagery, um, a lot of movement, a lot of things that interact with one another. Yeah, and also the gatefolding idea of opening, right? Yeah, opening, like backs and fronts how like even back then like i know when, when we did that record for example vinyl was an afterthought at the time you know because there was no it was, it, it, it was cd time so the whole package was was built uh, was built around how you interact with a cd package so it had a um it had a slip case um that was designed that would have the typography on it whereas the rest of the record did not I did not want, I did not want type on the cover at all. Um, and that was a sort of compromise between the label and, and myself at the time was like, how about we just do a slipcase and then the rest of it will essentially feel like more of an art project. Um, like this big sort of like, you know, cut and paste collage, multi-page multi thing. And that's what we built. And even the CD, uh, and this is like going way back, but even the CD, um case itself was um was like a, a specific tinted yellow that i wanted like a tinted yellow brown um, yeah, and one of those versions right yeah 
Yeah. So that was like the first version that came out. I think it got harder for us to find those. So we just ditched that idea, but that was the intent, you know, cause I first started seeing those come around at that time. And I was like, Oh, those are really interesting. Um, they're just really cool. There's it was just a really cool addition to a package. So that relationship happens less and less with music. You know, people are just basically listen to the digital services. So that changes, that changes a lot of things. Um, and also like when over time too, like the, uh, the narrative of art changes, right. And how like, cause you can't control as a, as an artist or musician, any creative person, like you can't control your art once it's sort of like out in the world or whatever, like, you know, and people will, will latch on to things and make things really, um, really important to them that weren't really that significant to you when you were making it. And that's okay. It just is what it is. Like, it's funny, like people hold that record in high regard. And I, I'm really grateful that I made it with the, with the guys, you know, and it's a, it, it is a special record to many people, but I don't think it's our best record, nor do I think it's my best art, you know? Um, it, to me, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, it's a stamp in time and we've moved far past that, you know, basically 20, 20 years past that or more, you know? And, uh, I think like seven or eight albums or something and countless EPs since then, like, so like, it's, to me, it's a, like, I appreciate that people connect with it and, 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 you know, and it's become a thing, but that's not our starting point or end point as a band, you know? And, um, it's yeah, not even so, a pivotal point, I think. If you look at your music, it's, it's not music-wise, it's not even a pivotal. I think there have to I don't think musically ones. it is either, honestly. I think musically it was at the time the record wasn't really held in in high regard. You know, when that record came out, it got panned by everybody and everything, you know. Um it was it was too noisy it was too much of an art project. It was too this or that. And I think over time, you know, it's, it's great that, a, that an audience has found it, you know, but it's still not a commercially successful record. You Which know? is interesting, right? I guess I mean, more people have a shirt of it than a record. I mean, I don't even know about that. I just think it's a striking image. I think that yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, like when you have when you have something that sort of identifies like that overall over time, and it sort of takes on a life of its own, like it almost becomes disconnected from what you initially made. Yeah. Um, you know, how do and you feel about that? I can't really attach any, any feeling to it because once you let your, your work out into the world, like, it is what it is. Like there's people that will connect with the artwork, but then there's also people who give no fucks about the artwork and have connected with the songs and the sort yeah. of aggression of the songs, you know, like, yeah. um, it, so everybody has like a point that they go in into something with like that. Um, and they're all valid. So like, I just try not to think about that because you can't control that narrative and you can't really pay attention to the, what an audience, how an audience perceives something once you kind of let it out there you just kind of have to go cool like it's out there let's move on into the next thing um but yeah so it's a so it's a weird record for me where like 
I don't think it's our best record. I don't think it's our best playing. I don't think it's our best sounding record. Um, I think that um, our record that we did after the fact is is probably the the for me a, a sort of maturation point for our band, um, where we started to really become the unit that we are today. Um, at least like what the core for Converge people are, because you also have to remember too back then. You know, like we were like we just we just got a new drummer for at the time, which felt like a huge a huge change. That was uh, the time when you had still a lot of lineup changes, right? Well, before that, yeah, I mean, not not too many, but it was always Kurt and myself um, primarily. Well, always, and then um, you know, then we still had like rotating bass players dependent on who who was available you know who wasn't in college or who was whatever like that sort of thing like uh steve brodsky played for like six months or a year between stints and caven when caven went on a hiatus um nate was touring with us in his other bands but then started playing with us as a bass player too so like there was it was all the same family of people but like we were kind of like yeah like refining that sort of thing so and then uh then we asked aaron to leave the band and basically at that time you know to focus on bane because there was just no time to do both we were both trying to do a lot of activity and there was just no place for that to, to happen so we were like you should do this your heart's in this you know we want to go this direction and it doesn't seem like you want to and that was like a whole thing too so like a lot of that record is at least to us as the, the creators of the record is entangled in a lot of that stuff and it's not like it's not necessarily negative stuff it's just um there's just a lot of there's a lot of history there with it so you know it's a yeah it's a moment in time and then we you know and we continued and, and kept making records that i think are stronger and stronger um, which is what we always wanted to do as a band, make things that we would be fans of. So, um, but yeah, so like, it's a, yeah, it's a weird thing when, when your work becomes something that, um, that you didn't think it ever could be. Like, I never thought I'd make something that would be iconic. I'm just like a, I'm just a kid in Massachusetts making collage art, painting stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um it's funny it's like my world like uh, it's like to put it in perspective it's like my world is like the same as it was then like i like i'm just like looking at my rack i'm like painting backgrounds for 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 prints and these are like various things this is like the same sort of thing that i've always done so like i don't really like so my timeline is always like weird it's like it's like i make the projects and move move past them and then go back into my process of making stuff and like don't really reflect too much on on the fact that if something was like successful or how people take it but yeah going back to what you said about like something being like commercially successful like yeah that's like a super interesting thing because like when something is like held in high regard like you think like something's like i don't know huge you know, and it's just, and it's just not, you know, it's just not, it's just funny. It's like, I, I think about that all the time. Some friends like, uh, would always use like, use sort of like derogatory terms and stuff like that and say something's like fake big or something like that. 
And it's just like, it, sometimes something that has influence might not have like commercial success, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, especially in the punk world, I think that's always been like quite apparent. I bet like, I know like when I was a kid, I used to think like bands like, um, like the Dead Kennedys were probably like the biggest bands in the world. And then, and then I realized probably how many records a band like Fugazi was selling at the time, you know, and I'm like, wow, okay, well, this is like a different thing entirely, you know, but, but from the, I, from the iconic, from the, from the, I, all of the, the visuals and from the recognizable logos that I would see, you know, I would think that some of these artists and bands were just like the biggest thing in the world and they just, they just weren't, you know, um, are you like, it's funny. It's like, you can see like, just because you see shirts doesn't mean it sells records. Yeah. A very interesting coincidence, I think. I you know, uh, I can bring up a, I can bring up one record that I designed that um with uh with, with my buddy Chris Callahan for the uh the Cursed One record is a great example of that where it's an awesome record. I really enjoy Cursed. Awesome I, band, yes. Awesome band perfect for the time and place in which they came out super influential um it, it, just the the whole sort of aesthetic that he built was just in, in character just worked really well and i designed that the the, the curse stuff with him but they basically as a band they essentially stopped doing anything for like the first six months to a year after that record came out and then after only only a couple of years later they ended up breaking up unfortunately but they put out some incredible records, but I think we still have 5,000 CDs in the, in the attic here, you know? Um, and, and it, which just kind of goes to show you what happens in sense, like you, you can see these records might be, um, might be important and, and, and historically important and have really powerful visuals such as that cursed record is a great example. Um, but it doesn't connect with an audience that is um, as far-reaching as as we would think. When we talk about Converge and their record covers, um, I find it interesting that in the very, not very, very early years, but let's say like um, second half of the 90s, very early past millennium, you also had some other artists uh, working on the covers. You I still do. Has- yeah. yeah, you had Derek Hess twice, Aaron mm-hmm. Turner did some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you choose those people or does the band choose those? Uh, I think I think it's always been me, um, but it's not. We're, we're a bit of a dom- democracy, you know. Um, it's funny you bring up Derek. Derek's an incredible artist. Um, Derek is who I hired to do the Jane record. Initially, I didn't want to do the Jane record at all. Um, I was doing, I, at the time I was working on designing the American Nightmare background music record and doing some, some, other, uh, some other projects uh, for clients. And I just didn't really feel that I wanted to do my own record. So I hired Derek or the band hire. I said, hey, I'd like to have Derek. And he was like, cool, yeah. So I hired Derek. But what he was doing, his sketches just really weren't connecting with me for what the album was going to, at least like what I envisioned for the album. Because um, he really hit it out of the park with, um, for me, 
with our poacher diaries release where oh, I, I, gave, yeah. I gave him yeah, yeah and I, I gave him some concepts and and he i remember um derek and marty his manager faxing me uh some sketches this is how long ago so it would have been like 1997. he was faxing for, for the kids who are listening that was a time when you didn't send it via email you just had to do it over the phone over the phone yes and you would get these crude you know crude dot matrix versions of things sent yeah. to you or whatever yeah. and um and i was using the fax machine at the furniture store i was working at and we, they sent them to me and i remember seeing that come through as like hey here's a possible sketch and i was like yes this is this is it he nailed it um and i was hoping to have that experience with the jane record and i we just it just wasn't happening um for whatever reason so i I was just like, you know, I'm just going to give a crack at it. I got, uh, I, and I carved out some time and, and did it. Um, and that was, that was that. And I think that's why it was so sort of like for the, the art was so frenetic and kind of crazy too, because I had this sort of like this idea of capturing the sort of chaos of the music. Um, and I think it was probably hard for me to, especially at that young age when I was like, you know, in my, my early twenties to try to like really communicate that idea clearly, you know, I was getting better at communicating about art, but I, it was still, it was still hard. You know, you can't, like, I can't hold somebody's hand and say, this is what I want, or this is how, this is what I want to envision. And, um, so that's kind of like, just like why I ended up being the person to do it. Um, but yeah, so Der um, yeah, we've used Derek, we've used uh, Aaron Turner did a, a, a bunch of things for us. And those were always really cool experiences. Um, going to his um, his uh, studio that was part of his college at the time and see him, seeing him paint those things. Those paintings that Aaron did back then, the one thing people don't realize is how big they are because they see them as these, again, these little digital minis and things like that. Um, but the painting, like the petitioning painting is like six or seven feet tall. The um, the when forever comes crashing devils that he made initially for a converter and we used them later for a repackage of that record. That was probably I, we have it in the other room. I think it's 12, 12 feet long. Um, so they're, they're yeah. So he would wow. do them on um, on large rolls of um, sort of archival printing paper, and so he could just roll out these like big big pieces, tack them up, and kind of go for it. Um, so I have a note, like the, we reissued our, our first collection called Caring and Killing a number of years ago. And we used one of the paintings that he gave me, um, for that, um, that we have on the, on the wall out there. And it's the same, that that's two of those pieces duct taped together. And I think it goes, I think it's like 12 feet, like eight feet by 12 feet or something like that. So they're, they're these large dominating pieces of art, um, but yeah, so watching him do those in the studio was really cool, or at least some of them and watching him work was really cool. And we've always been been tight. Um, and I designed a lot of, uh, not a lot, because there weren't a lot, but I designed a few early Hydra Head records with them back then um, because I was I was majoring in design. So I was the design guy, you know, I kind of went that direction. Um, but yeah, so we've always worked, like now, like we've done stuff with, um, our good good friend John Baisley from Baroness, he's done some stuff for us. Um, Randy Ortiz, an incredible illustrator that I love working with, he's done some 
some fantastic work for us. Um, Selden Hunt did a poster a long time ago, Stephen O'Malley, Jeff Whitehead, just people I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of artistically. And I'd like to see their, I just like to see their takes on the sort of, on, on the sort of world that we've built visually. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I, I love collaborating with people. So when you say you like to see their takes, do those people then, in order to create some kind of part of the artwork, do they also get to hear the music firsthand so that they can get some kind of vibe for it? Uh, typically they have. I would imagine they all have. I know we've always kind of delivered something to people um, in, in that regard. Um, the last bunch of Converge records I've done or been you know, part of making you know, most of the art. So like, like for example, uh, my buddy Merrill, uh, who Merrill von, von Hasteren, he's an incredible illustrator. He just did some uh, some illustrations for some uh, some Converge Blood Moon uh, like merchandise and print ideas that we had based on songs. And so we sent him a, a a stream of the record so he could he could really understand what it was um, as opposed to just listening to you know like one one public song. And that way, somebody can immerse themselves in the ideas um, and the sort of character of the songs to really make something cohesive. That's that's the way to go. And as a designer, I typically ask for that from clients if I'm ever working on a project. Say like, you know, can you send me some stuff? That way, like, it it connects me to the project and keeps keeps us all in the same universe the entire time. I have a question. When I look at the Converge covers of late. Mm -hmm. um, or also like the last 20 some years. Is it just my fault or is it becoming less? I mean, like there is basically no band photo on the cover anymore. In the beginning there sometimes was, but now not anymore. A, a, ba like, a band photo? Like a, a picture of you on the cover, you know, like. Oh, yeah, we never, we don't, I don't think we've ever done that on our, on our own. Um, exactly. So yeah. is that, is that, also for you a way to show that it's more about the music than about the people behind the band well the way i've looked at at bands right and music and, and the present presentation of music has always been uh the artwork should in theory capture the sonic elements of what the record is musically and what the lyrics and prose are discussing right so you, I don't think that that can necessarily, me, some bands might be able to do that with a band photo on the cover, but for the most part, I don't, it might, actually, yeah, that works well, um, but it also doesn't at the same time, it, you know, out of step probably works a little more, is a little more metaphorically powerful, but because if you, if you took that, that now iconic, wonderful porch photo of them on yes. the Discord house, if you took that and just stuck that in Time Magazine or, you know, like anywhere that didn't, where somebody didn't have the, didn't know what that was and didn't attach the music to it, it probably wouldn't have that iconic feeling. It just kind of became that, you know, but if you look, but if you check out a record, like, um, I don't know, look at like uh, Lungfish, Love is Love or like the Right to Spring album. And you see like those records and you go, okay, well, this is different. And it's not like anything that I've seen before. And then you listen to the record itself and it, 
and it connects in a way where you're like, okay, this is a, I don't know if it was by design, like by intent, but this captures a lot of the sort of energy that's within those songs, especially like a band like, like Right to Spring, for example, where like you have this, it's, it's loose and emotional and, um, and powerful and it kind of feels like a cry and the covers feels like a cry and that's um that's a beautiful thing right jacob i have two questions left because i know that you have a lot of stuff to do but sure, it's okay. um we've been talking about record covers a lot mm -hmm. what i also very often love about converge stuff your stuff and also a lot of other people's are tour posters And I think I've seen so many tour posters over the last couple of years that have once again shown that this is an art form. Mm -hmm. For example, Aaron Horky did some fantastic ones for Converge. Mm -hmm. um, do you choose them? And how free are these people to do what they want? Sure, I do choose them, just like I choose, you know, album and merch sort of designs and things which are not done by me um all the time i and i give sometimes I'll, i'll give some some loose art direction it's very rare i give like really specific art direction usually it'll just be like some basic metaphors or some basic visuals it's just some some things that i that i've been i've had in mind And if somebody, I don't think I've ever had pushback where, where an artist is like, no, that doesn't work for me. Typically, most folks are like up for that sort of challenge. Um, yeah. And then when they, when they get it to me, um, there might be like a little refinement here and there with things. Um, like a good example is that I can kind of see it back there, but there's a piece that, um, that Jeff did for us. Um, a while ago where it's this this cosmic this cosmic ghost that's sort of surrounding a um converged symbol yeah um initially it was a little bit different than that um but so like i might i i had like a little bit of a little bit of nudging here and there with that sort of thing to make it kind of fit within what you know like what i what i pictured um but it's their work you know um, and I think you have to kind of be open to that and free, like once you sort of commission somebody, I mean, there's sometimes that something doesn't work, you know, um, I mentioned uh, the incredible photographer and illustrator Selden Hunt, he did a tour poster for us in the early 2000s that we we'd ended up not printing, um, only because it wasn't, it wasn't bad or negative or anything. It just didn't really, it was a tour, it was for a tour poster. And Stephen O'Malley already did a, a, a tour poster for it as well. And I was, it was going to be the B-side of that tour poster. There was going to have a, like a yin and yang kind of thing. And it just wasn't working that way for me when I started mocking it up. And so I just chose to not, not release it and, and just do the Stephen thing. And it wasn't because the work wasn't strong or anything like that. It just didn't, it just wasn't speaking the same language that I wanted it to, you know, um, It's it's usually never a um, yeah it, like when when I when something's ever been like rejected or anything like that it's it's usually because of that not necessarily the the quality of work um, but yeah tour posters are important I think they're they're posters are interesting because they can be they can be quite fun as well 
because you can have some freedom in that where I think that there's a natural sort of rigidity that happens with the mentality of record covers and things which represent a larger body of work and songs where a tour feels a little more temporary. So you can be a little more loose with those ideas. And so doing those things and, um, you know, like band apparel and things like that has always had a, a level of, I don't want to use the word playfulness because it's not totally accurate, but like a level of experimentation that isn't, um, that doesn't, that isn't necessarily prevalent in, in the records themselves. So yeah, so we collaborate with tons of, tons of really interesting artists. I mean, the list is pretty, pretty long and it's always been a, a joy to do that. Also because you go on tour so often, which uh, we, I still hope to see you again next year on stage. So, uh, Last question. Um, how connected are you to like the art scene at the moment, like 21st century, 2021? Do you still have a chance to visit a museum every once in a while, to go no, to I, a I, gallery or? No. Um, not really, not, not, um, it's never been that much of a regular thing for me. Okay. Um, I would really enjoy that. And I think I need to, I, I, one of the, one of the issues with being an entrepreneur and being, you know, being a small business owner and, uh, you know, a father of two, um, young kids, you know, time is, time is valuable. And so a lot of the sort of recreational things that I may have even thought, I may not have done before, but I would have thought about doing in the past, um, haven't really been, I, I haven't really allowed those things to be on the table for me, um, mainly because most of my work in the last bunch of years has been more sort of like assignment and task related or project related where, um, so like, that's kind of like where I'm at with, with making art and music. Um, like such a, like I showed you that, that one client piece I was working on a customer piece, like that's usually the way my work has been going the last, the last bunch of years. And I don't necessarily want to do that. I would like to spend more time just working on the process and just making things that weren't, weren't for a, a a customer of some kind, you know, um, I want to make more art just to enjoy the process and explore the process. Uh, I want to get in touch with those things, which have sort of become fleeting for me over time because of economics, because of just life in general, you know, people have to understand, you know, like when you're an artist, like you don't, like and, and if that's like your stream of income like you can't necessarily afford to work on a painting for two weeks without pay you know i got a mouse money has to come in yeah i gotta i you know like i got i i gotta just basic middle class life i have to you know i have to be there for so like um it's um that that can really life gets in the way of those things quite often mm. Um, so that's, that, that's a challenge. Um, so I don't, I don't get to visit those things. I do want to spend more time doing those things and reflecting. I spend a lot of time, like at night, I, I think about art and I think about the process of art and I think about 
my sort of connection to what I want to make and the subjects that I want to cover when I get those chances. And even like subjects within Converge songs and things like that, stuff that is healthy for me, that is unhealthy for me. Um, those, those are like the bigger sort of existential questions that I busy myself with. And I think that those are part of the artistic process as well. They're just not really the mechanics of making it. So I've been doing a lot of work on that aspect of things psychologically more so than anything else. Okay. So um, I have to make you choose between two things because we always end our interviews with That's choosing. That's fine. I love that. Um, you and I, we both come like a hardcore background, like early 80s, mid 80s. You know, we've grown up with stuff like that. So mm -hmm. uh, my, my answer to the following question is clear. You can choose between an al any album cover by Black Flag or any album cover for Youth of Today? My answer is clear. Which one do you choose? Oh, Black Flag, 100%. Because Raymond Pettibone for me is is such an influential artist to me. Um, stylistically, we're definitely not the same. When I say influential, it doesn't mean you have to have the, you don't have to be a mirror of that. But just the amount of, of work that Raymond was creating, uh, and then his then his brother was putting out there into the world through Black Flag was really special. Uh, and which, it was really which record? Uh, it's funny. Most people will go with you know like something super iconic or something like that. For me, it's actually Black Flag Loose Nut is mm -hmm. is a record uh, for me only because that was the first black flag record I bought. And it was so, it, it and it was so unique and didn't really like, I knew that there was something subversive about the artwork and I knew it wasn't going to be something that, like I knew that there was more meaning in it than than just this color palette and these figures on the cover yeah. and this, you know, and this logo, there was, there was something there to unpack. And that was the, that was a sort of that was a strength of black flag at the time where like you always hidden messages right hidden or at the very least like a lot of messages and you had to sort of you, you had to dig into it because if you were a, i mean if, how old are you uh 43 now okay 43 so yeah you're the same same exact generation so like i'm 45 so you know that when you would get those records and start unpacking those ideas. Yeah. Oftentimes you would be really surprised at sonically what you got back, the feedback that you got once you, because you identified that record cover. If you weren't familiar with that band and you bought that record and you, you were taking it home and you're like, what is this going to be like? I don't know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, right. Those I moments spend at the record store and choosing records because of a cover, right? Yeah. 100%. I did the same thing with like a corrosion and conformity eye for an eye where I remember getting that record and I was like, what an awesome album cover. This is just so powerful. I had no idea what it was going to sound like. And when I finally put it on, it did not sound like at all what my visual sort of my visual impression of it was going to be. Um, it was just, it was just different. And same with, same with black flag. Well, Black Flag, I thought it was going to be something a little more like rudimentary, but it was really forward thinking. It was noisy, but it was more rooted in, at times it felt like jazz. At sometimes it felt just like completely like 
Greg Ginn solos were just like these like the weirdest concoctions. They're like the only other guitarist I can that I can like that I ever like looked at in that way was like Kerry King, in the sense where like I was like these number one these these notes aren't even they're barely in the song you know they're these fragmented wild things and that and there was like a lot of parallels between like greg ginn and carrie king like that where you hear a carrie king solo and you're like it sounds like it's from outer space it is you know or or from like the depths of a of like a weird demon cave like it it almost it fits the song with both of those those guys either the aggression fits the song but it's but it's still like it's almost not even musical you know it's yeah, like they're, they're almost like these very weird, free jazzy right it is yeah and they're like and they they always resolve themselves and they always they, they always get to the end and it works but like that was one of the most surprising things where i thought i was going to get this really like root with black flag this like this like you know piss and vinegar like meat and potatoes like yeah it's like no decoration and actually i got instead of like i thought i was gonna get no decoration and just like all aggression and i got a different kind of aggression that was like multi-layered and ugly and complex and uh the cover just did not have those qualities and then i realized the, sub the subversion was really interesting to me at that point where i was like there's a control there in these covers and there's a sort of narrative in the covers but it's not necessarily um it it's it's more it was more evolved than i thought it would be yeah especially because punk and hardcore especially back then appealed to teenagers for the most part you know it was like so i was thinking that i was going to get this sort of like rudimentary thing that i could relate to not something that was mm -hmm. you know kind of heady and complex and talking yeah. about you know i don't know just like subjects that were just like just more more mature than i thought i'd ever be getting very good choice and i think a very good ending for the jacob thanks for having us hey thank you i really appreciate it and you know like i appreciate you taking the time to talk about art i think a lot of people don't take the time to do that and art is really it's always been a really important thing in my life in a variety of ways and um, and how we all sort of interact with it. And um, I just really appreciate that you're you're out there sort of like championing these ideas now. You're very welcome.